You are listening to the Mercy View podcast. Mercy View exists to be a gospel-centered family of missional disciples to the glory of God and for the city's good. For more information about Mercy View, please visit our website at mercyview.com. Now, let's taste and see that the Lord is good. Let's read the scripture. Romans 15, we'll pick it up in 14, go to 21. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. But on some points, I have written to you very boldly, by way of reminder, because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God. For I will not venture to speak of anything except that Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way through Elycrium, excuse me, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ, And thus I make my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Ryan. Well, good evening. Good to see you. Welcome to Mercy View. If this is your first time with us tonight, we're so glad that you're here. My name is Brad. I'm one of the pastors here. Honored that you've chosen to to hang out with us uh, tonight. Well, last week, we uh, actually began a a multi-week series uh, continuing uh, to talk uh, about this idea of our future. And today is unique because we are talking about uh, really what we pray uh, happens for us and through us. Uh, over the next 10 years. Uh, This series is called Next because what we're doing is looking at uh, the next, uh, like what what does God want to do in and through us in the next decade? We're celebrating our 10th anniversary this year and so we've been thinking a lot about the past but also thinking about the future and wondering what the Lord might have for us. And tonight in, in a lot of ways we are talking about what we see as one of the the big outworkings of our vision here at Mercy View. We hope and pray that the practical work of evangelism and discipleship, which we're going to talk about a little bit more next week, and also mercy and justice, which we're going to talk about in a few weeks, find their end in the work of or the planting of new churches. So that's what we want to do tonight. We want to talk about um, what we said last week, which is that That God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. And we think that in part finds its ultimate target in the planting of new churches to reach more people that will be satisfied in the glory of God. And uh, we are also today joining um, 700 churches, almost 700 churches in our network, Acts 29, and celebrating what... Uh, we're, it's a new tradition, a new annual tradition called Church Planning Sunday, and so it really dovetails together really nicely. We want to talk tonight uh, about this idea of, 
of church planting. This is a big vision for us, big, big idea for us. You know, when we first moved here to plant Mercy View uh, 10 years ago, our heart has always been not to just be a church plant. In fact, at year 10, I'm not really sure we can call ourselves a, a, a church plant anymore, but our intent was always to be a church planting church. It never made sense to us to just be a, a church that planted, got going, got established, and just sort of did its own thing. It's felt actually very uh, disingenuous. We were supported by and loved by a lot of people to help us get our uh, our church rolling. And 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 we thought, we've just thought, you know, like this is something that um, we need to be investing in and thinking about. I want to talk about that tonight, about what that looks like for us. Uh, Lord willing, over the next decade. And I really want to talk about three things with you. And, and it's this. Church planting is doxological. Second, church planting is tactical. And third, church planting is missional. So if you have your Bibles or electronic devices, keep them open to Romans 15 that you just heard Ryan read from. Uh, beginning there in verse 14. Let me just give you a little bit of context as we jump into our passage this evening, just so you know where we're entering our story. We're actually coming to the very end of the book of Romans, or close to the end of the book of Romans in Romans 15. And Paul is concluding his, his letter to his friends in Rome, and he's getting to the end of the book, and he, he tips his hand, really, at the reason that he's been writing the whole book uh, to begin with. See, Paul actually didn't start the church in Rome. Uh, he had never visited it, so he is writing now to his friends, which he would do many times, to remind them of what they already know. And as he does this, he interestingly, interestingly talks about his church planting ministry. And it really strikes me, we're actually in the fall going to begin walking through the book of Romans. And this is a little preview in a lot of ways. At the end of the book of Romans, Paul is in a way connecting this idea of, of guys, all the stuff that I've talked about is meant to find its end in something. And I think Paul in part is saying that it, it, it needs to find its end in new works of the gospel, uh, some would call that church planning. You could also call that uh, just mission work as well. But it needs to have a, a multiplying uh, a nature to it. And so look with me again, if you would, at verses 14 through 16. Let's just dig in to see what Paul is saying here. As you do that, I, I wonder, what is the image of a, of a church planter that you might have uh, in your head? There are many ways that you could think of, of a church planter, right? I, I don't know what image comes to mind, but I bet it's not the image that Paul gives us here. Look there in particular at verse 16. Paul gives us this image of a Jewish priest offering a sacrifice to God. Do you see that? But notice that the priest isn't offering an animal sacrifice. Paul actually gives us a shocking image here, if you understand sort of the, the context, the history, the, the, what's going on at this time. He pictures the church planner as a priest using the gospel as the tool and the, the, the new Gentile believers as the offering. Now remember that Gentiles were forbidden to enter the temple. But here, Gentiles are in the temple. 
And they're being offered as an acceptable sacrifice because they have been made holy by the Holy Spirit. Do you see what Paul is is saying here? Paul is saying really the first thing that I want to invite you to see tonight. And it's that the work of planting churches is doxological. It's about worship. Friends, Mercy View desires to plant churches as an act of worship to God. We plant churches, desire to plant churches because we want to fulfill our priestly ministry of offering to God people who are far from him but have now come to know him personally and have been sanctified by the Spirit and are now acceptable sacrifices of worship to him. I'm going to take a little bit of liberty here, but when I was preparing this week, it reminded me of something. We actually share this in our partnership seminar when we talk about the idea of mission. I'm going to um, adapt it a little bit to, to think about church planning and say it this way. This, is John, this would come from John Piper. Church planting is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Church planting exists because worship doesn't. Worship is ultimate, not church planting, because God is ultimate, not man. When this age is over and the countless millions of the redeemed fall on their faces before the throne of God because they have had a personal encounter with Jesus, church planning will be no more. It is a temporary necessity, but worship abides Forever. Worship, therefore, is the fuel and the goal of church planning. It's the goal of church planning because in church planning, we simply aim to bring the nations into the white hot enjoyment of God's glory. This is what we talked about last week, right? The goal of church planning is the gladness of the people in the greatness of God. This is the image that. I have in mind that, that we have in mind here at Mercy View as we think about church planning into the future. Not that that hasn't been important to us in the past, but we just want to say this out loud as we move into areas that are in need of the gospel, even places like Tulsa, we move into that area with the posture of a priest. We want to go into those places we want to plant churches in those places as priests offering God the offering of people who have been transformed by the gospel and the Holy Spirit. That's the first reason why church planning is so important to us here at Mercy View. In its end, in its totality, it is an act of worship to God. It's so that we can offer the sacrifice of transformed lives to God in worship. See, worship isn't what we just do here in this room. We do some good worshiping here in this space. We just did. But worship also happens when we go out there and preach the gospel, call people to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. See those people form groups or churches and and. And that's worship. Don't we want to worship God in that way? I know that I do. That's the first thing I want you to see this evening. Church planning is 
doxological. It is an act of worship. Now, look with me, if you would, at verses 17 through 19 again. At first glance, if you look at those verses, these sound um, pretty cocky on Paul's behalf, right? Right? Paul is exuding confidence, not that he's ever really had a problem with that, but part of that is that we're not used to hearing somebody talk about being proud of their work for God, right? And if you look at 18, he actually makes an audacious claim. Look what he says. He's, he says, I have fulfilled my ministry. He's saying, I've preached the gospel to the Gentiles. I've, I've planted churches. And when he describes the area that he's done that in, you need to just know it is a huge area. It is a massive area from Jerusalem all the way to what we would call Albania today, just northeast of Italy. How is it even possible that Paul would have the confidence to say that he has fulfilled his ministry? Here's what I think he means. He means that churches had been planted in key population centers so that those churches could carry out the work of evangelism themselves. Paul believed that by planting churches in cities, those churches would continue to grow and spread and plant churches themselves, influence the region that surrounded them. In other words, Paul's own distinctive ministry of starting churches had been fulfilled. Author and pastor Tim Keller says that this was Paul's whole, whole strategy. Paul's whole strategy was to plant urban churches. He went into the largest city of the region and he planted churches in them. Paul apparently had a couple of assumptions about church planting, that the, that the way to most permanently influence a country or region was through its cities. And then second, the way to most permanently influence a city was to plant churches in particular in it. And once he had accomplished that in that city, he would move on. This is how he could say that his work in this region was completed. He believed that he had done that. This is the second thing that I want to invite you to see. Church planning is, should be, tactical or strategic. Now, we're going to talk more about what I just said in the very last sermon in this series because Keller here and and Paul in Romans 15 are capturing something that is true of us here at Mercy View as what we would consider ourselves a center city church. We believe that, that the Lord has placed us here strategically for the purpose of seeing gospel-centered churches planted in Tulsa and this region in, in under-gospeled areas. But more broadly, let me just say it this way, the only way to be, true, uh, be truly sure that you're increasing the number of Christians in a town is to increase the number of churches in that city or region. Just last month, Lifeway Research said that as of the last official U.S. census, the church to population ratio in 2010 was nearly 1 to 1,000 or one church to every 1,000 know, 1, people. The projected U.S. population with just basic growth, uh, if you go all the way to the year 2050, it's going to be nearly 390 million people. And as a model to keep up with the population growth between 2010 to 2050, we will need to have net gained nearly 76,000 churches 
to keep the 1 to 1,000 ratio. That means that in the, on average in the U.S., we would need to net gain nearly 2,000 churches per year for the next 40 years or so. Friends, we need to plant churches at a much faster clip than we think we need to, even in Tulsa. And this is why church planning is also strategic or tactical. More churches planted means more people reached through the gospel. Isn't that what we want? In many ways, this is why we are partnered with Acts 29, the church planning network that we have the privilege to be a part of. Part of your giving goes to Acts 29. I just want to share with you a few things that I think you'll be encouraged by that your giving helps support as we think about strategic church planning all over the world. But just by being a member of Acts 29, you're a part of Acts 29's global community of healthy, multiplying churches. Your disciple-making efforts are increased through your involvement with Acts 29. When you give to Acts 29, our ability to help make disciples is increased because you're helping support that. It's, it's pretty amazing. You also partner with believers in dozens of countries speaking many languages. In fact, I looked this up this week. Um, Acts 29 churches hold services in 31 languages around the world. Your support helps... Um, Get the gospel to places that you'll never be able to go to yourself. Isn't that amazing? Um, one of the things that Acts 29 does as good as any uh, network or denomination, in my opinion, out there is your giving helps support what they do when they recruit and train and assess and support churches and church leaders and planners. Um, I have the privilege periodically to go down to Fort Worth and serve on some assessing teams as an assessor for aspiring church planners. What a privilege that is to uh, walk with them and, and help them process the call to the church planning. Your, your giving helps support people like me do that when I go down to Fort Worth to support um, prospective church planners. Um, one of the coolest things, guys, are with, with our partnership with Acts 29 is that we partner with believers all around the world to plant churches in all contexts, suburban, urban, rural, and everything in between, really any place where Jesus is neither named or not known. I just told you that, that your support helps get the gospel into places where um, they, you'll never be able to go to. 31 languages around the world, uh, church, 89 churches hold services in. It's amazing. Here's some, some cool things. Even during a year of, of, of COVID uh, in 2020, Acts 29 helped plant 25 churches. Um, now, also, 70 churches that were already established churches joined Acts 29 as well. So, a net gain of, of 95, but we planted 25 brand new churches around the world. We have hundreds of church planters in our pipeline right now and expect our global network of churches to nearly double in size over the next few years. Last year, we saw 6,500 conversions in Acts 29 churches. Uh, this is just probably one of the most special things to share with you tonight that your giving helps support. Your giving is, has helped support churches preach the gospel, share the gospel in a way that people responded to it. 
Um, we had uh, over 4,800 baptisms last year as well in the network. It's pretty, pretty cool. We, we've made, uh, or we're made up of nearly 700 member churches and counting, um, again, as I mentioned earlier, in more than 50 countries. Um, I just mentioned this, in, on any given Sunday, our members are worshiping in nearly 30 languages. Um, one of the, the, the heartbeat of, of Acts 29, heartbeats of Acts 29, is that, that we believe that the church, the local church, is God's primary mission strategy here on earth. Being faithful to the Great Commission's call to make disciples means being uh, faithful to this, this idea, passionate about church planting. And we believe that as we plant more healthy and multiplying churches, we advance Christ's kingdom on earth. This is the beauty of, of church planting. And I want you to take a moment and watch a, a video that just shows you how powerful your giving is as it supports uh, this network that we have the privilege to be a part of. Let's, let's watch together. Acts 29 is a global network of over 700 churches worshiping in 50 countries with nearly 30 languages. And we are committed to planting healthy, multiplying churches in every corner of the world. God is a global God and that he works through different ethnicities and cultures and languages around the world. Being faithful to God's great commission to make disciples and to plant churches. Churches characterized by theological clarity, cultural engagement, and missional innovation. We believe that uh, the church is God's primary mission strategy for establishing his kingdom and his presence on earth. We want to reach people with the gospel, and our reach is amplified through Acts 29 as a man, so more people will know and worship him. Each one of our members has been blessed by all the training that we have received as planters. We want our church to be a praying church and also a church that disciples others. This is what we do and this is who we are. We are people who plant churches. So Acts 29 accomplishes its mission uh, primarily through three things. By assessing potential church planters. We provide continued assistance for churches and leaders through coaching, trainings, and also relational connection. We get to collaborate with the whole Bride of Christ to plant churches, not only just in our areas, but we partner globally to plant churches. And as we partner together with Acts 29, with churches around the world, our efforts are multiplied and God is glorified when we work together as a church. This is Acts 29. 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 There you go. You can see right there real quick where that map was uh, showing you where the churches are at in our, it's amazing, honestly. We, we joined the network uh, in 2011, formally. And so what is that? What are we, this is 2021. So 10 years, yeah, well, yeah, about 10 years ago. So um, the growth has been phenomenal. And, and uh, I anticipate this idea of, of all these folks that are kind of in the hopper, that to be a pretty significant uh, deal for us in the next few years because I think last year was a year of uh, things kind of slowed down a, a bit for everybody. 
Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what the Lord is going to do there. Now, another way, not just your giving, but, but another way that we see this idea of church planning being strategic, working its way out, is that um, we as a church, your giving helps us financially support specific church plants. So some of your giving goes to Acts 29. Acts 29 chooses to, to spend that money how they desire. But your support also helps us financially help uh, church plants that we are connected to in our region and beyond. And uh, I want you to see how your giving uh, supports three churches that you all um, uh, have probably heard about, but you're going to get to see some faces here, names with faces, uh, and be encouraged by these three churches. So let's watch these videos. Hey, Mercy View. Um, we wanted to say thanks for allowing us to join you on Church Planning Sunday. I guess the first question is, who are we? And so we'll introduce ourselves real quick. I'm Greg Schwab, and this is my wife. I'm Julie. Cooper. I'm Claire. And what about you, Claire? My birthday's tomorrow. Birthday's <laughs> tomorrow, <laughs> turning seven. seven. And, and, and on my birthday party, it's going to be a, a Toranza. It's a splint. Wait, what? Extravaganza. Extravaganza. A stuffed animal extravaganza. <laughs> well, hey, we really um, just wanted to say thanks for partnering with us. And so I'm the pastor of Gospel Life Church in Jackson, Missouri. Um, we planted the church just right before the pandemic, and so um, we really feel like in the last couple months, months we've actually relaunched for the second time, and we just want to say thanks for your continued support, both um, just in your prayers for us and in your financial support, um, and I don't know if you all know this, but this is actually the hometown of your pastor, and so it's just really cool, and, and I'm it's also my hometown, and so we know each other and have kind of family history from way back, and so that's really cool for me, and I think it's cool for him, and um, just wanted to share a few things that you can be praying for, and so our town is is really religious in kind of a, a humanistic, man-centered way, and you know our hope is just to bring gospel centrality to our area, a, a big picture of who God is and what he has done for us. Um, really praying that our community finds salvation in God and not their own works, um, which is just a really hard barrier for us to break down. And then a few things you can just specifically be praying for. One is really faithfulness. And so, like I said, it's we, we launched and we've kind of relaunched, and it felt, feels like we've been working towards this for a really long time. Um, and so it's been a, a long road for us without like a lot of momentum. And so we're just praying, you know, kind of the spirit of Hebrews that, that we would be faithful as Christ has been faithful to us. And so it's kind of a big picture. Um, be praying for Jackson, Missouri and the people here. And thanks again. Appreciate it. Hello, friends. Uh, my name is Rodney. I'm the pastor of Rooted Church here in Joplin, Missouri. On this Church Planning Sunday, I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you. Uh, just to thank you for being such incredible partners with us. Uh, thank you for investing in the work that's taking place uh, here in Joplin. There is no question God has used, used you and your faithfulness 
um, to make himself known amongst these people, the people that he continues to draw and use to build up his church here. And so I just cannot say thank you enough for partnering with us in, in doing this um, doing this work here in Joplin. I was thinking about what I could share with you, uh, what I could celebrate with you, and uh, and we're we're coming off like you guys. Uh, we're just we're coming off Easter, and um, this Easter Sunday was probably one of the most special Easter Sundays I've ever experienced in my life. Um, not only is the truth of the resurrection glorious in its own right, but on this Easter Sunday, you know, our, the the building was packed out. We had, uh, you know, socially distanced as best we could, but, you know, pretty full. And, uh, you know, we had this great egg, egg hunt in the yard afterwards, and, and people were just coming, and, and there was clapping. And we, we preached, I preached on the, the great wedding feast of the Lamb from Revelation, and it was just this really special time. And it was special in part because it was stood in contrast to Easter just a year before. Um, a year before, like everybody else, you know, we had to, uh, we had to cancel, we weren't able to gather, and that felt um, especially um, difficult as a brand new church plant that was just trying to get its feet uh, underneath it. Um, I, I confess, Easter of 2020, um, I struggled with a lot of fear on that day and, and just questioning, like, God, why would you call me to plant a church knowing that you were going to, to that, that then you were we were going to face COVID, you know, and um, man, this Easter Sunday, I was just reminded um, of God's faithfulness and that he builds his church and it doesn't always look like the way that we want and, and maybe the results aren't the way that, that we want all the time, um, but, but God builds his church and uh, God has uh, given us hearts to desire greatness, uh, but here in Joplin, he is, he's helping redefine uh, for us what greatness is and so um, greatness isn't always you know uh, it's not always things going the way we want them to uh, but greatness is being uh, seen and just the way that he's redeeming marriages he's restoring uh, drew you know he's, he's restoring that which was broken he's drawing people to himself and um, he just continues to build this church and so um, we're really uh, 2021 has been really special for us thus far, and uh, and we're just incredibly thankful, and uh, thankful that partners like you have have made that so. So, um, continue to pray. Uh, just pray that God might uh, add to uh, to His number here in this place, and uh, more than that, that we might continue to make much of Him, and we might continue to be faithful and uh, and follow him uh, even when we don't have all the answers so thank you for being such a great example of that for a young church plant like us happy church planting sunday hey mercy view brian padgett here i'm the pastor of redeemer church in stillwater oklahoma Hey, Mercy View, Brian Padgett here. I'm the pastor of Redeemer Church in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Brian uh, would love to know that that's just so much for your faithful partnership stuck on his with face. us over these uh, past uh, six years. It'll be six years in May that we moved here. And um, I just wanted to share a little bit with you guys on a day in which we celebrate church planting about what's going on with our church plant. And um, obviously, just imagine pandemic, this is like the news, you know, uh, they've trying got the static time, picture uh, like and you just hear the voice. Else. Uh, but there's a lot of things that we are celebrating. And uh, even though our numbers have reduced a little bit, um, and every May we seem to have that here in a college town, 
uh, anyway. We get a lot of people that come as students and leave and uh, so we're about to enter into that and that'll be a really hard time. It's never a fun time, but uh, it's also exciting because we get to send people off that have uh, faithfully served our church and are going to go to new places and so we're excited about that. Uh, some are coming to Tulsa. We're encouraging them to come to Mercy View, uh, and, and so we'll see if that happens. Uh, but the things we've been celebrating is uh, this last year, we actually appointed two elders. Uh, and so now it's myself, a man named Tyler Campbell, another man named Kevin Tapscott that are now uh, serving as elders here at Redeemer Church. So that's been a huge step for us uh, and a really exciting time for us too. Um, we have been meeting at a park since August. And so that's actually been a really exciting thing. It's been different. Uh, we've had to meet online when it's been raining or really cold weather, uh, but we've met at a park. And because of that, we've had a lot of different connections with people that come and play with their kids at the park. We're literally right next to the playground. Uh, and you'll just see parents sitting there listening as their kids are playing, uh, and they'll stay there the whole time. And as soon as the service ends, they get up and leave. It's, it's really interesting. And uh, we've been able to make some connections there uh, and, and had many visitors actually come while we've been meeting at the park. The other thing too, is that we've been able to uh, set up a benevolence fund uh, we realized when the pandemic started, there was going to be a lot of financial issues here. And since we weren't meeting in a building, we were able to save some money. We reallocated it. Uh, and over this last year, we've given over $50,000 uh, to help people in our city with electric bills, uh, gas bills, rent, uh, some of them just needing food, things of that nature. We did a an online kind of fundraiser for our, our Daily Bread, which is our food bank here, uh, in which we raised about $1,800. We were able to buy over two tons of food uh, to support them and help out. So it's been a really crazy time to try to adapt, but we've, we've through that and blessing many different people, uh, we've had the opportunity to connect with folks in our city that we've been longing to connect with, with a, a part of our society that is often overlooked and left behind and, and are really beginning to build relationships. And so we're excited to see what's gonna happen. Uh, we we kind of keep saying, all right, when this pandemic's over and things can somewhat get back to whatever the new normal is going to be, we're excited to see who's gonna be coming around. Um, and so we cover your prayers. We, we need them. Uh, it has been a trying time. It's taxing on all of our leaders. Uh, we've felt burned out. We felt depressed. We're all those things. And it has been a really, really difficult time in many respects. Uh, but it's also been a time to celebrate. And over the last three weeks, uh, as we had a celebration Sunday, we had Easter. Um, and then even this last Sunday, we've had a lot of new visitors showing up, families that we've been connecting with online and other places that are showing up. So we feel like things are turning. Uh, and it's really exciting. But I really am grateful for Mercy View. Um, you guys really blessed us a ton. Thankful for Brad and his leadership on our advisory uh, team here and uh, continuing to serve us in that way. So we love you guys. Uh, we hope that things are going well there at Mercy View. Uh, we're excited to share in the kingdom of God together with you guys. We look forward to seeing Christ made known more in this city and all throughout the earth. Amen. And thanks so much. All right. Okay, so those are three church planners that, that we support, just like, like we give money to them uh, for the purpose of supporting them. And uh, the things that you heard said are things that you can be praying for, uh, for them, things that you can be interceding for them on. And uh, these are some really special works that the Lord is doing um, it really in our region. Uh, Jackson, I guess, is not totally in our region. That's on the other side of Missouri. But uh, anyways, okay, so let's move on. Another way that we see this strategic idea of planting here playing out at Mercy View is related to our global mission vision. We're going to talk a little bit more about global mission uh, in, in uh, the weeks to come. But one of the things I just want to mention is uh, part of our vision in our global mission is to plant churches in immigrant recipient cities in the UK. 
Um, we are right now, you know, we sent some of our best people, Jim and Laura, over to Oldham uh, to partner with a church that in many ways is a, you know, it's a young church, has the makings of what a church plant really looks like, really trying to establish a gospel work in a really difficult place there. And, uh, but our heart is to see more people go and, and hang out with them. Uh, Oldham, uh, Bethel Oldham, they, they are desiring to plant churches, and so we would love to see uh teams of people come from Mercy View to go plant churches in that particular place. And then lastly, I just want to mention this. One of the ways that we see uh, the, the, the work of church planting playing itself out here at Mercy View, the way that we want to invest in that is through training church planters. And right now we have the privilege of walking with uh, Trey Hopkins. He's in year three of a church planting residency here at Mercy View, looking forward to what the Lord has for him and his family as they move forward. Now, if you would look with me real quickly at the last piece of Romans 15 that we looked at, heard read earlier, verses 20 through 21. Friends, the opportunity that we have as you look at those verses uh, in church planning, and it's true really in any kind of effort to revitalize the church, is one that goes all the way back to Isaiah 52, 5. Paul's quoting it here in these verses. Let me just read it again. This is from Isaiah 52, 5. Those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. Friends, the, the reason why we want to be about the work of church planning, why it's a massive part of our vision moving forward over the next decade is because you and I have an opportunity to participate in something that started a long time ago. Listen, those who have not yet been told of the Lord must know. People who've never heard the gospel must understand. And church planning is one of God's primary means of evangelizing areas where Jesus is not yet named. This is the third thing that I want to invite you to see this evening. Church planting is missional. I love how God says it when he spoke to Paul in, in a vision in Acts 18. He says to Paul, do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent for I am with you and no one will attack you to harm you for I have many in this city who are my people. God comes to Paul and says, I want you to stay here. I want you to keep preaching the gospel. I want you to keep sharing the gospel. I have people in this city who are mine. You don't know who they are yet, but I do. And because of your work, they're going to come to know me. Dozens of denominational studies have confirmed that, that uh, from the ranks of people who are not attending any worshiping body, uh, while churches over 10 to 15 years of age gain 80 to 90% of new members by transfer from other congregations. So we have to plant churches, new churches, best reach the unchurched. And there are people in this city and in cities that we will plant in the future that are his. That's why we want to support church planting, church planters. We want to train church planters. We want to be a church planting church that plants churches that plants churches. And we pray that the Lord would give us the privilege of being a part of even a, a church planning movement in our own region and beyond in the next decade. Don't you want to be a part of that? Isn't that, doesn't that sound exciting to be a part of? I know it's exciting to me. I want to be a part of that.
So let's pray to that end. Let's give to that end. And let's look to the Lord for His glory to be made known among people that are His, even in our own city that we don't know yet, but that He does. Let's pray together.